This is the Epilog audio experience. Film is clearly a sophisticated art, possibly the most important art of the 20th century with a rather complex history of theory and practice, writes James Monaco in his book How to Read a Film. So far in our podcast, The Artists, we have had filmmakers, writers, critics, programmers from some of the top film festivals, musicians, thinkers, defining their combinatorial skills. We at Metaphysical Lab have been striving to expand the realm of our podcast, which in turn gives a wider uh, canvas to the understanding of our experiences. And also we have tied up with Epilogue Media, the podcasting network. So you can find us on their website, Epilogue Media slash The Artist. And of course, you can continue to listen to us on the platforms that you choose from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to GeoSavan to Google Podcast. Everything is mentioned in the description. And of course, you can reach us uh, on the WhatsApp number and our email ID. I'm your host, Suchita, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful journey ahead with all of you. Is there a leadership vacuum that we are witnessing in an influencer culture? But what is leadership? In this episode 102 of the Artist Podcast, we talk about why leadership is the key aspect of any profession, including if you're an artist. Our guest is Gordon Tritgold, who is Global Guru's top 10 leadership experts and speaker with quite a bit of social media following. Find him on Twitter and on his website, GordonTritgold.com. Hi, Gordon. Welcome to our podcast, The Artist. And thank you for joining in this very important and interesting talk on leadership. Currently, you are in Spain or do you live in Spain? I live in Spain. Moved to Spain last year. Yeah, you're liking it there? It's a lot warmer than uh, where I was living previously, that's for sure. And Spanish people, very, very nice. And uh, the wine is excellent and the quarter <laughs> the price it was where I was before. <laughs> and of course, you, you've been to India and you love India, especially the rainy seasons you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I, used to have a, I used to have teams in Bangalore, so I've been there seven, oh. eight times. I've been to uh, Chennai and Hyderabad. Uh, and Mumbai uh, on a couple of occasions, and also over to Pune. Mm. So yes, um, awesome. Loving India, been many many times, and of course I'm from Yorkshire, which is a very, uh, which we, we tend to think of as the the home of cricket. So a lot of uh, things in common with uh, India, and of course Tendulkar played for Yorkshire <laughs> when he was 17, the first wow. the, the first non-Yorkshireman to play for Yorkshire. Wow, wow. <laughs> All right, so you know about Tendulkar. When the, when the best comes along, you change the rules to accommodate. Oh, yes. Gordon, you've been ranked top 10 leadership experts. So when we're talking about leadership experts, Gordon, I'm just going to go with some very basic questions. Yeah. You're, because you're on this podcast, The Artist, which has primarily artists. So Gordon, tell me, you've, you, you coach companies on leaderships and uh, as you mentioned you can turn good leaders into great leaders mm-hmm. but when we're talking about leadership in a company in a management versus a leadership when it comes to in a creative field like for example making a film 
or an artist having their own entrepreneurial uh, shop do you see that there's a difference in the leadership skill no absolutely not and mm. I, i would i wouldn't characterize myself necessarily as an expert in leadership i think there are there are people with phd's who've probably read more books mm. uh, i i do feel i have expertise but a lot of my expertise becomes from having been a leader having led teams of a thousand people so i'm very i'm much more uh, about the 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 practical aspects of it rather than the theory you know talking about what works and just to give you an example uh, coming back to the ah my son's a professional musician and mm-hmm. um, wow. we we were he, he's in a band and they've they've just been approached by uh marshall to become the booking agent with a view to them obviously looking to get signed by them and you know speaking to my son there's five in the band and he said to me dad i think there's a problem with my leadership because <laughs> trying to trying to get all of the band ready to for practice to get them all on the same page get them all as motivated and excited as he is it, it, it it's difficult to do and I, and i said to him but you know what's the plan for this year and he said well you know it's in my head and i said well everything's in your head you're not going to be able to inspire with them so i ended up working with him to put down an 18 month plan which he could then talk with the band and he could show them the direction they were going in what he wanted them to do what he needed them to commit to and of course they they didn't agree with everything which is normal it's you know it, it's a discussion document but they're now they're now engaging and and they and contributing towards it all and, and for me that that's part of the leadership if it's only in your head how do people engage with it you can't mm. engage with what you can't see you mm. can get excited about what you can't see and as leaders it's important for us to be able to uh, to do that and to, you know what's the plan for us to be successful even if we're even if we're artists if we're writing a book you know i've i've coached people to write books hmm. uh, i've written books myself i wouldn't necessarily say i was a, a a great writer but you know helping people with that one of the people i coached and i spent 90 minutes with her that was all Mm-hmm. uh and uh, she'd been writing a book for two years and she said I, i you know i'm struggling and i said how many words is your book she said i don't know and i said well how do you know when you're finished mm-hmm. let's pick a number and mm-hmm. and i showed her this is this is what a 60,000 word book looks like this is a 100,000 word this is 40,000 this is 25,000 she said i like the 40,000 okay how many words have you read uh, written mm-hmm. she said 10,000 went like, great you're 25% of the way through and she immediately picked up like wow I'm 25% of the way through and then she was asking me about you know how long do you think it will take me to write and I said well you can do 1000 words a day mm. easily it's less than an hour because all the contents inside you you know mm. she was writing up she was it wasn't a um a fictional novel where she had to think about characters story plot lines and twists it was mm. about it was a it was a kind of a self help book based mm. on her own experiences so she has all the content inside and i said to her you know if you write for an hour a day 1000 words you'll be finished in 40 days how mm. many chapters she said well it's about eight things i said that sounds like 10 chapters an intro your eight things and a conclusion and at 4000 40000 words 10 chapters 4000 words a chapter 
you do a thousand words a day, you should be finishing one to two chapters a week. And mm -hmm. she, at the end of that, she uh, she left, and forty days later, the manuscript was done. But mm -hmm. also, as well, she was saying things like, you know, I'm not an editor, it's not your job. Mm. You know, but, an, ed mm. an editor edits a writer writes. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. really? I was like, yeah. But you know, because she could see that progression of from where she was until the end, she mm. was just able to go and do it. She had all of the capability. She just wasn't able to engage what she wanted to do and what she mm. knew she could do with a process that would, mm. would generate the outcome. And as soon as we, we worked on that together, which for me I would say is leadership, you know, creating the vision and the strategy, she was then able to just go away and boom, 40 days later she handed over first draft manuscript to, uh, to a publisher. Mm. Awesome. So you're saying that leadership is vision and strategy and the clarity that comes with it. It's vision, strategy. Um, it's about uh, creating engagement, so encouraging people's heart, modeling the way, and then enabling other people to act and, and, and giving them the belief that they will be successful. One of the things I say a lot you know, when I speak at events and things is that people are not afraid of hard work, they're afraid of failure. Mm. And if people think they're going to fail, why would they engage in that? Mm. If they think they can win, now they're, mm. they're excited and crazy for it. You know, it's like it's like in cricket. This is why teams want to bat second. They want to see what it is they need to achieve to win. Mm. And if the and if the opposition's only scored 50 runs, now we believe we can do it. Now we're going to go out with much more confidence and excitement that we can uh, be successful. And leadership, it's all about showing people how they can be successful, giving them the tools to be successful, and then setting them up for success. And then the last thing, applauding them as they are successful, because that will keep them engaged and keep them motivated. And you can apply that philosophy to any field, whether it's business, whether it's artistic, uh, even in family life. Awesome. So creating beliefs is one of the key aspects of leadership. Couple of le a couple of leaders, Gordon, that you look up to. So leaders who I think that are good that I look up to. I, I, was, a, I was a big fan of Obama. I thought Obama was yes. good. Obviously, obviously Gandhi, you, you know, do you? Yeah. When you look at some of the greatest leaders of all time, Gandhi, mm. Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela. Mm. Um, one of the first leaders that inspired me was Julius Caesar. Uh, I used to like a lot of um, uh, history. Uh, you know, read a lot about the Romans and how Julius Caesar was, even though he was, you know, prior to becoming an emperor, when he was a leader of his his uh, uh, battalions, you know, how he would go down, you know, and trying to simulate with the common soldiery as much as possible so they felt a connection to him so that it, you know they could see him experiencing the same things the same differences mm -hmm. and in battle when battle would start to become difficult he would ride down to where the problems were and he would actually call out individuals names so they would see the recognition they would feel themselves under the eyes of caesar and mm -hmm. because they were inspired by him and wanted to impress them when they felt that he was watching them that would then encourage them to fight harder so yeah for me it's um yeah and then and when you're talking about military history 
a lot of it you know comes down to belief because often you can be outnumbered mm. and uh, you, you've got to make sure people don't decide to you know don't think that turning and running is the you know more viable survival strategy but to get them to stand their ground believe in the process and uh, go for it yeah awesome beautiful so we should study uh julius caesar as one of the leaders <laughs> yeah i think so yeah i mean it, it, what what's interesting when you look at some of the greatest leaders hmm. uh, and i often share this you know julius caesar hmm. assassinated jesus crucified john f kennedy assassinated yeah. uh, gandhi assassinated hmm. sometimes yeah. Sometimes we just need to be aware <laughs> leadership we might not be we we just need to be careful about how we do things. Yeah. <laughs> so all of these they they, they show a lot of you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Again, assassinated. assassinated. Yes. But they but they drove change and I think I think for a lot of them if they uh, if they knew the change they would create and the outcome that would follow they would probably still take that path and of course the current times gordon you would say that obama is one of the best leaders the world uh, yeah i like angela merkel i thought she was i yeah. thought she was yes. i thought she was very angela good merkel, yes uh, being british i i can't say anything positive <laughs> about boris johnson other than right. at some point his lead he's some point his absence of leadership will be over. Uh, I, I lived in I lived in America, but uh, shortly after Trump became president, we we relocated from from uh, from uh-huh. the from the US. Mm. I think I think Modi is a um, he's a very decisive leader. I know that he has a lot of uh, mm. he's popular, but um, not necessarily with everybody. But he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like he's doing a very good job for India. Right. Tell me, tell me, Gordon, nowadays we are talking more of influencers. We are talking about the influencer culture. And mm-hmm. influencers are where, everywhere from, uh, you know, uh, on the YouTube videos, uh, getting out there through TikTok, through podcasting versus leadership. Do you see... Gordon, that we are moving into an influencer culture, which perhaps does not define leadership, and we are having a dearth in leadership. No, I, I, I would, I would characterize it slightly differently. Right. Uh, um, two of the two of the leadership experts that I I respect uh, a great deal, um, Ken Blanchard, one of my favorite leadership authors very big on simplicity you know for him uh, leadership is influence and influence is leadership and and uh, john maxwell all leadership is influence and Hmm. so leadership and influence go hand in hand and the so being an influencer is actually being a leader because people are following influencers and if people are following you you are a uh, you are a leader and there there are six six sources of influence as our position mm-hmm. so if you're the prime minister of india you are automatically going to have some influence that comes from that position although it can often be the weakest form of uh, influence because people people are not cho- following you because of their choice 
it's more of your position and you ideally you want them to follow you because they want to rather than they have to uh, then there's the the other sources are our character mm-hmm. you know, how how we behave our integrity our authenticity there's our actions what we do when we lead by example there's our our brand our reputation and then there's our knowledge so Einstein's an influencer because he had great knowledge and that you know people would come to him for um, advice and guidance which you know gives him influence and then the last one is our network and our network is the people that we're connected to and I think there's a move more towards the network network influence through social media than necessarily through reputation action um, and knowledge Hmm. which might which might give us a little bit of a, a an imbalance but it's still leadership because people are still going to follow you but then gordon all leaders are influencers but are all influencers leaders i mean should they be yes. followed but should they be followed because ah. i mean i mean i have seen a lot of stuff out there on the social media and i think that could be perhaps detrimental to the culture it's already is yeah if you're asking me are there good and bad influences then that's a matter of personal taste because when we talk when we talk about leaders should people have followed hitler should people have followed stalin should people have followed other leaders? i was going to mention donald trump i don't characterize him in the same uh bucket as the the first two but but, but he's a leader Correct. 78 million people uh, voted for him, and I would say that he, he he's more of an uh, more of an influencer, mm. uh, and yeah, he's an influencer. He's an influencer type leader. It's more about the marketing, the branding for him than necessarily um, some of his actions and certainly his character. I think people people overlooked some of that, but I, and I think a lot of time it's it's a question of. You know why do people follow us and a lot of the time it's because of what do i get out of it so if 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 somebody of a with a let's say a dodgy character is giving you what you want mm. and somebody with a, a stellar character isn't giving you anything then it, it, it's kind of human nature to follow the the person's giving you what you want you know, we, we, we do tend to be a little bit self-serving at times. It is difficult to give up um, personal good for the greater good. Mm-hmm. But it's our our personal choice, Correct. which leader we want to follow, whether we want to follow yeah. Hitler or whether yeah. we want to follow a Gandhi. It's our yeah. personal choice. But I mean, if this is, yeah. But if, if do Gordon... I, do I is, think, do I yeah. think Kim... Do I think Kim Kardashian is a role model for women around the world? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please no. tell me that. No, I don't. But I'm not the target audience, and there's there's millions, if not hundreds of millions, who would disagree with me. You know, that want to be who want to be like her and following in her footsteps. But she's not a leader, right? Oh, she is a leader. Because you know they've just they've just finished the tenth season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. It's been going for twenty years. She's yeah. a her and her family are billionaires because yeah. people are following them and buying their products. Mm. But but but, but like she I said, isn't, yeah. she isn't taking them anywhere. Yeah, she's 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 not she's taking the them anywhere. That, yes, she's the one that's benefiting from their followership. Yes, I don't know whether they benefit or not. Maybe they think they do. I don't know. But as I say, 
but that's that's down down to my personal preference of you know who i would follow versus who you would follow yeah versus who, who my kids would follow yes yes but then of course it's a personal choice whether we follow a hitler yeah. whether we follow an obama or a gandhi but then if the following of say for example a hitler is increasing like you t- took a beautiful example of catching up with the Kardashians. If that's sort of increasing, then do you think that's sort of creating a good leadership vacuum in the world culturally? I think, I think it's, I think it's a question of what you do with that leadership. Hitler was one of the best uh, was one of the best leaders in the history of mankind. Mm. It was what he did with that leadership that was uh, was not good you know where he took people so getting people you know being able to get millions of people to follow you is great leadership what you do with that when they're following you and where you take them that kind of defines your legacy um i i think i think there is a little bit of a leadership void especially when we've got you know some of the national leaders you know, for me, you know, Boris Johnson. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a Boris Johnson fan. And I think when positions like these are occupied by people that I wouldn't follow, or I, or I think lack uh, integrity or moral scruple, I think it does create somewhat of a void. But then we've also got people like um, Elon Musk who are doing mm. great things. You know, yeah. Bill Gates is doing great things. Yeah. So I think. I think we might be looking at the people in leadership positions. I think there's a vacuum uh, in that area, but yeah. I, I I still think there are uh, good leaders around. They're just not necessarily in the the best leadership positions for the rest of us. Hmm. Right. So when you're talking about working on leaders and making good leaders to great leaders, mm-hmm. what is it? qualities that you work on like do you work on so i'm gonna get i'm gonna be a little bit rude when i say when i answer this question so that's just what that's just a warning to the audience you might want to put a finger in one ear so Hmm. for me for me when it comes to leadership leadership is about one thing and one thing only well it's Hmm. about two things really but one of them is uh, predominant it's about results if you are the nicest person in the world, but you cannot deliver the results, you'll be out of work. If you're an asshole and you deliver results, you'll always find somebody that will be prepared to hire you or uh, work with you. Uh, and for me, le- leadership, it, it's about sustainable results. And that means you've got to be uh, nice and able to deliver. So the people that I want to work with are the ones who've got the the right character, but might be struggling with the delivery side of it, because I'm, I, I know I can help them deliver better. What I cannot do, and I refuse to do, is to work with assholes and turn them into non-assholes. Because <laughs> normally, one, they don't recognize the need to change, Two, they don't want to change, and three, they're not great to work with. So yeah. that's so that's the kind of you know I want to help give people that would make good leaders who, who probably need some support in understanding how to deliver better 
you know, teach them how to deliver, how to create plans. You know, like I was saying before with my son, he was saying there's a leadership issue. He's got great integrity. He just doesn't know how to create plans. So I worked mm, with him on lovely. that aspect of it to help him with it. Mm. And I and I, I help people that, um, you know, see themselves as leaders, show them, show them where they've led in the past. I've just been coaching a very nice young lady at a university in, in America. And she was saying to me, you know, we were, she's 22, looking for a new job. And she was like, you know, I'm not sure what qualities to highlight. You know, I'm doing a master's in um, international marketing and data anal- analytics. Do you think I should push that? And I said, tell me what you did again with the underprivileged children. She said, I, I, I personally mentored 4,500 children one-to-one. Mm, I said, wow. I would make that the first line of your resume. Mm, wow. I mean, that that speaks to hard working. That mm. speaks to your character. It speaks to your actions. It speaks to the results. It speaks to your passion. And she said, really? I said, yeah, absolutely absolutely so a lot of times it's helping people see the leader within them and she just wrote to me earlier she was looking for jobs in um data analytics and international market in in um digital marketing and she just wrote to me today and said i've reread my resume and i'm thinking about applying to the un what do you think and I went absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. you know she wow. she's been she's been working you know, working for months in a, a homeless shelter, serving a hundred meals a day. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. But this is this is Gordon. This is about like you mentioned about your son, great integrity, but no plan. And you're Correct. pointing it out to them, and you are turning it around in terms of them making a plan and then moving ahead. Correct. But what if you you meet somebody who doesn't have great integrity? How do you work on them then? I don't. <laughs> Sorry, my time's too valuable. Mm. Yeah, but most people, most people that lack integrity mm. don't see the need to change. Correct. I have a very good friend, John Spence, and uh, one of the top leadership experts. And he, he said to me, you know, it, it's hard to do, but when a CEO calls you in to do some coaching and consulting because they've got a problem, he said, the first question I ask them is, do you think that you could be part of the problem? And if you were, would you be willing to change? And he said, every now and again, they'll tell him flat. Firstly, I am not the problem. And secondly, I don't need to change. And he said, when they tell me that, I know they are the problem and I can't fix it. And I walk away and I walk away. Uh, and, and I'm the same. If, 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 if somebody, that doesn't mean we can't change people. Hmm. Who who are who who might have issues? I've worked with people that have been, you know, hyper aggressive, but they just didn't they just didn't see it that way, or they thought that was the right way. And I, I've worked with them to help soften them down and and you know change them. But that's when you see good in them, and you think, okay, with a little bit of refinement, this person could be a good leader. But you know, if they're you know, I I wouldn't coach Boris Johnson for all the money in the world. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't coach Donald Trump for all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Right. So, so of course, when you are coaching, you are working on the internal qualities of the person versus the external. Um, what do you mean by that? Internal versus external. Uh, say the internal qualities. Maybe, maybe they are lacking somewhere in their. Uh, perhaps they are great people, but do not know that they are lacking somewhere. Perhaps in their integrity, because they see the world in a certain way. They perhaps are not transparent enough. But you feel that you know they can be. Sort of directed to be made more transparent. Maybe they're that, not respectful. That's How a you... minor. That's a minor percentage. Hmm. Oh um, right. Uh, okay. I, 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 yeah. As I said, the, the the people that fall into that category, they tend not to want to change. And I, I'm I'm too old, and there's there's too many good people that can become yes. great leaders. Yeah. That I mean, I did a I did a leadership training course, and a, a CEO of a company from Bangladesh was on the course and the second day we were we, we we talked about leading self and then leading teams and he said to me you know you, you've talked a lot about the carrot are you now going to talk about the stick <laughs> I said, no he said but you have to carry a stick and went i don't have to carry a stick everybody knows that as ceo the job title comes with a stick <laughs> if i if i carry a stick i'm showing people that one either i'm too weak of a leader to just inspire people and I feel I need to threaten them which is not a good look or I, I'm a vindictive leader and, and I'm out to punish those that that uh, don't please me which is an even worse look so I, I, I would carry two carrots always people know I have a stick because I'm in charge they don't need to say it everybody knows I'm you know when you when you work for people and you are the boss, they know you're in charge. Mm. And if you need yes. to keep if you need to carry something to remind them, that tells me more about your lack of confidence and capability than it yeah. does about them. Yeah. And he said to me, Okay, so we're gonna do that tomorrow then. I said, No, we are not gonna talk about it. But he was he was he was one of those leaders where you know he had a few mis. He was a very nice person. Uh, he had a few misconceptions that we just needed to work through. So, you know, I, I took the opportunity to work with them. But there are others that, you know, they want to they want to carry a stick. And um, first thing I do is I want to take it out of their hands. And if they don't want to put it down, then I'm, I'm I've, I've, I feel no need to work with them because I, I can't improve them. Mm, right. And Gordon, when you're saying you're creating teams that are engaged and they're empowered mm. and they're yeah. excited, uh, what are the couple of things that, you know, that leaders focus on and you as a coach show them the direction to focus on while creating the teams? So I, I think, so the, so the first thing is, is that for people to be engaged, we, we need to have uh, two or three things. The first thing we need to have is we need to have a desire to do the job. So we need to make it important for them. And there's a couple of ways of making it important for them. One is to tell them what's in it for them. You know, if, if they make a million from doing this, then they're going to want to do it, possibly. Yeah. Or we have to show that it has a, a, a higher value. Um, 
you know, it, it becomes we might be the you know we, we might be the first people you know the first company to put a man on the moon, or we we might be the first company to develop a new product, or we might move to become number one in our field, or it could be that we develop something that you know is going to cure world hunger, help with world peace, you know something that's aspirational, that and we have to get them to want to do things. And one of the best ones I ever saw was when I worked for DHL, we had a project where we will focus on on-time delivery. And the CEO, the business leader asked us, did we know why we were doing this? And people said, it's to drive revenue. He said, nope. I said, okay, it's to drive profit. Nope. Hmm. It's to drive market share. He said, no. We said, what is it? He said, well, there's no Father Christmas. And it's our job to get Christmas presents sent by aunts, uncles, grandparents to children in time for Christmas, to get birthday presents that arrive on their birthday, not two days later, not three days later, not that get lost. It's our job because we ship a lot of medication to give medication and deliver it when people need it, when they are in pain, not to for it to arrive two weeks later when it's not gonna be able to help them and add value. And, and just saying that, that team, I, it's the first time I've seen teams volunteer to work weekends and evenings for free because mm. they could see why this was important, how we were doing good. So you've got to create that connection with the goal that makes people want to engage. It's got to be clear and easy for them to understand if I don't understand it, even if I want to do it, I, I can't engage because I don't get it. Uh, the third thing we need to do, and this is, comes into empowerment, is we need to give them what they need to be successful. Hmm. Because when I have what I need to be successful, now I'm empowered. I can go and deliver it and be successful without any further support. Uh, and when we get people engaged in something they want to do, and we give them the tools to do it and we show them how to be successful, then they're going to become excited. I want to do it and I know I can do it. Mm. And when we've got engaged, empowered, excited teams, we can we can change the world. We can do anything. Wow. And simple. It, you know, there's a, a million and one books on leadership. If you take care of those two things, you'll be you'll create empowered, excited, engaged teams that will, you know, change the world. Wonderful. It's beautiful. And Gordon, if somebody wants to connect with you, where can they find you? I'm the only Gordon Treadgold in the entire world. <laughs> and you have a website. I have a website. If you Google Gordon Treadgold, you will find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. You'll find my website, find articles I've written. Just reach out and connect. Um, I'm a firm believer in that leaders need to be approachable. So feel free, reach out, connect with me. And uh, if you're looking for something, let's talk and see how I can help. Yes, wonderful. Integrity is the key to great leadership. And of course, vision, strategy and clarity follow. And that's where Gordon Treadgold comes in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter handle with Metaphysical Lab and you can find me on LinkedIn.